when I entered the world of coaching, I started to uncover tools like EFT tapping and hypnotherapy. When I had gone through like rehab and everything like that, I was introduced to like affirmations and um, visualization and meditation. The front door to personal development, I guess you could say, like what traditionally people will Google search, right? But um, once I started to dive into it and go a little bit deeper, I started to uncover like the real like mindset tools and the subconscious reprogramming. Hey, this is Chad Namiro. And I'm Kelly Namiro. Welcome to the Balancing Chaos Podcast. A lifestyle podcast where we will interview guests about wellness, business, and just about everything in between. Our goal is to help you develop a lifestyle that promotes health, wholeness, and success. Through our conversations, we hope to inspire you to live a beautiful, full, and joyful life as you navigate balancing the chaos. We hope you enjoy. All right. We are so excited to welcome our next guest of the show on to the Balancing Chaos podcast. Welcome, Amanda Bible. Amanda Mm -hmm. is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, motivational speaker, yoga enthusiast, and so much more. She has spent a ton of years in the corporate world, and she overcame addiction and an eating disorder. And she realized when she was in that time of her life that she had lost her sense of purpose. So she embarked on a mission to empower women worldwide as a master certified NLP practitioner, a trainer and success and life coach and a hypnotherapist. Amanda helps women shift their identities and conquer their fears to create an authentic and fulfilling life. With over 340,000 YouTube subscribers and a podcast called The Related Podcast, Amanda's message reaches far and wide. So join us today as we delve into her journey of self-discovery and we share practical tips for personal growth and ways to live your life on your own terms. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you for coming to the show. Wow, what an intro. I feel like (laughs) I'm like now on cloud nine, ready to take on the stage. Thank you so much for, for that. I'm excited to be here. Thank I you love your so background. Much. Yeah. For those that can't see it, we got a neon light that yes. I think exposes your brand. And what is that? <laughs> feathers. Oh, lovely. It's just lots of feathers in this office. So we've got Amazing. crystals and pink and feathers. I have yeah. two boys at home, two boy cats Damn. and a husband. So I've got like all the feminine flowers and yeah. sparkles here at my office. <laughs> I feel like we're literally like, I have two boys. And three boy and dogs. Three boy Five dogs boys. and my husband. I have like no female energy in my life. Right? I was like, I need an oasis for myself where I can just like have all the glitter and all of the yes. crystals and all the of the pink <laughs> how old are your kids i have julian who's two and a half and cameron who's eight months yeah, okay even very the same similar. ages almost yeah. three and yeah, yeah. So, how old are yours uh three our son west is three and our son enzo is one yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. my gosh it's it's like so you're in it it's a crazy time of life but it's good all good things oh, oh yeah <laughs> and it's fun you know it's yeah. really fun too is like just navigating all this shit that we don't know what the heck to do with and then like seeing how we handle it so gracefully oh, yeah. or not <laughs> chaotically i guess oh my gosh learning that's probably like the podcast yeah what we did because we, we even started it when we were we only had one yeah well yeah. it's been chaotic since then so it's about <laughs> like giving people the tools to try to like balance all of it when like you know yeah. Goes off the rail. Oh yeah. No one warns you about the transition from one to two. It's like having like nine other kids. And then from two to three, I, I'm like, I told my husband we're done. <laughs> no, <laughs> I still think zero to one was the hardest though. No, really? first kid. personally, what do you think versus one to two? No, I think for sure. One to two for me. Um, I think you, so you, you also had two under two. Uh, he was two, right. When we had like, right Yeah. So like Julian is still a baby. Cameron was like, you know, a newborn. And for, for me, it was just, I, I don't know. I felt like I didn't have enough time in the day or enough arms on my body to To manage, to manage it all. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So let's rewind a little bit. So I want to hear how you got here. Like you have all of these different titles now you help people, but like when we first jumped on Mm -hmm. and like, we're talking, you know, before we hit record, you were talking about like this time in your life where you like said you were an addict. And I mean, I also had an eating disorder. I thought, think there's like a lot of like, you know, similar paths here. So talk about that and like, give us a little bit of information. Like was your upbringing 
like really great or did you have like a tough upbringing and how did you get to the place where you were like where you became an addict and talk to us about that yeah so um i was born into a normal like you know stereotypical normal white picket fence home like my parents were normal like we had like the regular childhood regular upbringing i was born with a life-threatening illness that had me on um treatments my entire childhood but i think i was born with the disease of addiction um because no matter what whether i was um you know, struggling with food or struggling with drugs, like no matter what it was, like I always wanted more. And it was like more of whatever somebody put in front of me. If I like someone handed me a book and it was about, I don't know, like encyclopedias. And I thought it was interesting. I'd want to read like 900 books about it. But, um, I was born with a life-threatening illness. I ended up um, going on treatment my entire childhood. And then um, because of all of the narratives that I was hearing from the outside, like you can't tell anybody about this because it's, you know, um, a dirty word or people will think you're different or people are going to judge you or they're going to treat you differently. Um, Hearing that. And then also like having hep C, I wasn't able to drink or do drugs. Not that that was something I wanted to do as a kid, but that was something that was like pounded into me, like no drinking at parties, no smoking weed at parties. Um, you can't eat fatty foods because it goes through your liver. And I don't know why my brain decided to change it into, well, if you're telling me, telling me I can't do something, I'm going to show you how I can do it and I can do it successfully. So I'm not saying go out there, go at home, go try this at home. Don't do that. But that's kind of where my mentality has always been. Like, if you're going to tell me, no, I'm going to show you how it's going to be a yes. And I'm going to be the best. Yes. You've ever seen. (laughs) type of thing. Well, it didn't serve me well as, as a kid, because it manifested in addiction. It manifested in, um, bulimia and drugs and alcohol. But once I found recovery, um, it manifested in never taking no for an answer in my entrepreneur life. So I spent the better half of a decade searching for fulfillment in the corporate world and, um, also trying to start my own businesses and, nothing ever worked, but I was like, no, like we're, we're going to work it out. It's going to work and it's going to be a big mission. And in 2019, I had like the meltdown of all meltdowns. And my husband's like, you got to get your shit together. Like you can't quit your job. You know, I was, I was just ready for more. I ended up going within redefining what a lot of things meant, like success and excellence and what the life was that I wanted to create. And I ended up falling into, um, coaching, personal development, neuro-linguistic programming. And that's, that's how I uh, created the inner beauty bubble. I love it. Um, Talk for just a second about like when you did, we're in that phase of your life with like, you know, addiction and eating disorder, did that have a more severe impact on your health um, because of the, you know, what, what you like, were you born with? Yeah. Um, well, even now I'm still, you know, dealing with some of like the, the consequences, I guess you could say from like having severe bulimia and also like with the drugs and the alcohol and stuff. Um, but because I was battling cirrhosis and hep C, like I just wasn't getting better Mm. during a time where like medication should have been working for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. So there was like a whole thing going on with that. Um, I also developed like tachycardia and low, wow. low, low potassium and like my, all of my, like everything was imbalanced, you know, my chemicals in the body and all of that. So Were you in and out of hospitals growing up or was this like somewhat of an at-home hybrid treatment or do you spend a ton of time in, in hospitals? My, my mom was like the most, is the most amazing woman on the planet. She literally dragged, she dragged me kicking and screaming all over the country, trying to find doctors who could help me. Um, so yeah, I was in and out of hospitals, but the majority of the treatment, um, that I was on took place at home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what do you think it was about your childhood or to the extent to which you can remember that made you, you know, like such a fighter. And so, um, 
you know, not willing to say you like not willing yeah, going to against say, the norm. Yeah. Right. Like, if you, you know, you want Take me no for an answer. Have, you say I can't have it. I'm going to go get it. My dad, um, he always had this saying, it's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. permission? Yeah. I say that all the time. Um, whether that played out in a good way in, in their, in my parents' relationship or not, we'll still save that story for another day. But um, he always showed me that like, if you want something, you better go get it because nobody is coming knocking on your door, offering you the opportunity right. that you want. So if you want something, you better go out and ask for it. Um, he also is like a successful entrepreneur too. And now my sister has her own business and I have my own business. So I think it kind of was like in our yeah. blood, in my okay. blood. Yeah. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So when you think about like the addiction, the eating disorder, all the stuff that you overcame were the tools that you used in that time to overcome that stuff. Cause I'm sure it required like, you know, therapy and whatever it was that you went through. I would love to hear what you did go through. Is that how you got into like doing the neurolinguistics and doing the hypnotherapy and all of the stuff that you're doing now? Because I find that a lot of times, like when we've gone through something, it's so much better, like to hear it coming from somebody who's already been through it. And it's like, Oh, I went through hypnotherapy. That's why I know it works. Now I'm going to teach it to you versus like somebody who never really had anything hard to go through to get to the other side. Yeah. That's such a great question. Um, I remember, you know, in, it was like 2013 when I was in my like second stint of rehab, one of the counselors there, she changed my life. She was like using, um, powerful questioning. And that for me, it was, something that allowed me to uncover things that I had felt or things that I wanted to experience that I had never allowed myself to go to before. Yeah. I felt like for a lot of years, like the traditional form of therapy is like you go to a, th and, and whoever goes to therapy, I'm not saying like there's anything wrong with it. But for me, my experience was always going to the nutritionist or going to the therapist and talking about my problems and talking about what I did that week and, you know, different things that I did and how it made me feel. But nobody asked me how I wanted to feel or what outcomes I did want, or what would become possible if I let go of those things. And something that she did when I was in rehab was she asked me questions that people had never asked me before, which gave me yeah. answers that I had never uncovered before. Mm -hmm. And with that, I think it's the basis of what I do now as, as a coach. And I think what she did was more coaching than therapy, to be honest. When I entered the world of coaching, I started to uncover tools like EFT tapping and hypnotherapy. When I had gone through like rehab and everything like that, I was introduced to like affirmations and um, visualization and meditation. The front door to personal development, I guess you could say, like what traditionally old people will Google search, right? Yeah. But um, once I started to dive into it and go a little bit deeper, I started to uncover like the real like mindset tools and the subconscious reprogramming. So when you're seeing therapists, they're more focused on like what was in the rear view the versus what was ahead of you. Yeah. I was Is like, common? I think so. Like something that I find again, there, there's nothing wrong with therapy. In fact, like I know so many people who see therapists and it's super impactful and empowering because just to talk about what's going on is like a breath of fresh air because yeah. sometimes you need an ear to listen and it just wasn't enough for me if that makes yeah. sense i yeah. feel like traditional therapy almost is like a door or like a window to self-compassion because you kind of kind of start to understand like why you are the way you are and why you have the same behavior like the behaviors that you do but like one of the things that we've talked about in like arguments or something that we've had as a couple is like it doesn't really matter why right. you like revert to that childlike version of yourself or why you, it's like, it's about changing that behavior so that you can be not have the argument again or not do the thing that you don't want to do. And so I think that like the subconscious repatterning is, is actually, I think they're both important, but I think that like, if you want real change in your life, you know, whatever it is, you want to lose weight, you want to have a better relationship, you want to, you know, start this new career. It's like, it's about understanding that like you have the power. It's, it's reprogramming the way that your habits are all day long. And so yeah. a lot of people don't 
even know why they are the way they are. That's what I'm saying. That's like, well, we never had a choice as kids. Like, we never had a choice, like, yeah. and not knocking any parents out there because we're always doing our very, very, very best, right? Like yeah. we want the best outcomes for our kids, but like, that doesn't mean that me seeing someone on a perpetual diet for my entire life didn't play into my yes. disordered eating habits. Right. Yes. If I had been around, like my, my mom is my, my hero, but like the diet always starts on Monday, you know, and like, that's, that's a pattern. And, you know, with like other people, like if you're talking to yourself, not nice in the mirror, like your yeah. kids see that. And between the ages of zero and seven, your kids are literally a walking subconscious mind. That is why they believe literally everything you tell them where like Julian, my older, my older son, my two and a half year old wants gummy bears for breakfast every morning. So every time he goes into the pantry, I'm like, Julian, they're still sleeping. We can't have gummy bears yet. And he's like, okay. And like, yeah. he, he believes <laughs> that because he is listening to what I tell him and taking that as truth. And that still goes for like our dialogue, how we talk to ourselves, how we treat ourselves, how we talk about money, how we talk about sex, how we talk about marriage, how we talk about food and drugs and like all of the things our kids hear that and pick up on it. And that becomes their truth. Yeah. Right. I, I definitely talk about it a lot. Totally. We talk about yeah. what they're absorbing from us all the time. And I yeah. want that to be a big part of this conversation, Yeah, but like, for, for you, if you were starting to see someone and you're coaching someone or you're like, you know, working, what is the first step for someone into starting to do some of that reprogramming? Cause I know for me, when I started doing this work on myself two years ago, I started working with a coach. It was all about like meditation, but like mm. you do, like you said, like hypnotherapy. So talk to us like a little bit about how you would work with someone to reprogram that and how they can start to like, if somebody wanted to try to do this at home, like, do they start to visualize like what's what's and the define thing? like nlp yeah yeah yeah. get into it yeah. so so nlp is essentially like the science behind manifestation right so like people are like oh manifestation is not really real it's like the woo but like it's it is a wooey wooey theory but it's rooted in science because essentially it comes down to how our mind filters information mm -hmm. and what we filter is what you choose to to focus on. So for example, like the crash course of NLP right here is like, if you're in the market for like a yellow buggy or a yellow Jeep or a new golden doodle puppy or whatever, all of a sudden you see yellow buggies everywhere or yes. golden doodle puppies everywhere. It's like, there's not more like a baby boom of golden doodle dogs or like a, you know, a boom in, you know, yellow buggies. It's because your mind is now deeming this important, right? So where our focus goes, our energy flows. I'm sure you've heard of that before, right? Or like perception yeah. is projection. Our mind also doesn't process negatives either. So if we're always saying, I don't want to feel this way, the question then becomes, well, how do you want to feel instead? So in theory, if I'm saying, I don't want to feel overwhelmed, then everything my mind is focusing on is going to bring overwhelm because it's not processing the not. So if I say, don't think of the blue tree, what are you thinking of? Blue trees. Right. Exactly. So instead the question becomes in the very first step when I work with someone would be like, okay, great. So you don't want to feel overwhelmed. You don't want to feel like a failure. You don't want to feel like people are judging you. That's the problem. What do you want? What do you want to feel? How do you want to be instead? And most times they're like, oh, I want to feel peaceful. I want to feel happy. It's like taking the destination and plugging it into your G GPS, right? We wouldn't put in where we don't want to go we want to put in where we do want to go. Does right. that make sense? Totally. Yeah. So that would be the first step for me. I would say, well, how do you want to feel or how do you want to be? And then we would reverse engineer that like, oh, you want to feel happy. You want to be happy. What are some of the things that bring you happiness? And then we can start to make a framework around that. And build out of that. Do you, yeah. do you think that people should be doing some sort of like, what if they're working with you, right? Do they need to be doing different things to kind of like get to that destination between you know their meetings with you do you like what are what are some like because it is it's so hard to change yeah. those habits that we are so you know like we are we are so ingrained in them like there are people who i have had had worked with before like and i'd be like okay you know you want to sleep better like okay so then you know, you're gonna have to like not be on your phone at night and then then they'll come back the next week and be like okay so did you like stay off of your phone for like at bedtime and like oh no I didn't do that because it's just so habitual 
Right. So you ask them, if you don't want to be on your phone, what are some of the things that you do want to be doing? Right. So they're not stuck in this void of like, well, what am I supposed to be doing now that I'm not on my phone? Right. So what we would do is come up with an empowering like plan of action. Okay. So if you want to have like a really empowering bedtime routine and you don't want to be on your phone, what are some of the things that you can envision yourself doing before bed that feel really good for you? And they're like, oh, I want to read a chapter of my book. I want to journal. I want to do these. Okay, well, here we are. These are our action steps, right? Mm -hmm. So now that we've created awareness around the thing that you don't want, you can see yourself coming, right? So you can see yourself about to pick up the phone and then you're like, oh, wait, but I have this whole list of choices of all the things that I can be doing right now. So repetition creates habit and habit becomes a part of who you are. And that's essentially what creates that shift in perspective, the shift in identity or manifesting what it is that you truly desire. Thinking of those things too, like one of the things that we said about you in the intro is that you kind of like help women shift out of their fears, right? Let's just use the phone example and keep taking that like down the road. If you are on your phone at night, like, and you have this really big resistance to not putting it down, like, is there a fear behind it? Like a fear of missing out, like, or a fear of, you know, not knowing what's going on or like whatever it is, like, do you help people kind of like uncover some of that kind of stuff too? Yeah. So I think it would be more or less uncovering, um, what comes up right before you're picking up the phone or what comes up right before you're about to eat the cookie or what comes up right before you're about to, you know, have the drink or the drug or whatever it is. It's like, what is it that it's filling for you in that moment? Like Mm. what's not present in that moment that this is going to give you. So what is it that you're looking for with the phone? Mm -hmm. Is it for validation? Are you going to look at your, your like count or your story views or what, what is that? So that's where you can start to deconstruct the actions and see how there's like emotional attachment underneath it. Um, and start to rewrite those patterns for sure. Does it always have to be a defined, uh, you know, goal or, or, or reaction or, or sometimes like, you know, phones and drugs, they all, you know, are filling a void. They're well, filling a void. Yeah. But, but sometimes, you know, you just kind of want to feel happier. You want to feel better. Like, is that, is that possible or is it always something when you deconstruct it in your view, I guess, person to person? I think, I think it really just depends like on a case by case basis. Like, am I turning to the phone for validation? Am I bored? Am I looking to have a conversation? Am I trying to create connection with somebody? Yeah. For me, it's boredom. Yeah. I don't really go on Instagram, but to me, it's like, I'm kind of bored and like, you know, it's just dopamine hits, you know, whether it's LinkedIn or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, okay. I don't, I think humans have really lost the capacity to be bored. We are, it is so hard for like, that's why you see everyone in the line at the coffee place on their phone. Nobody can sit for even too easy not to be, you know, it's just right. And you know, like with the pandemic too, there was just like, there was just such this revealing time where we got this like opportunity to sit with ourselves. And I think that's why there's such like this big shift in the personal development space where people are really looking to rewrite those stories and, you know, Mm. take those steps towards the things that they want or create the business or lose the weight or whatever those goals are for themselves, because we had so much time Mm-hmm. to just sit and like nothing was changing on the outside world. Yeah. So like we weren't getting the dopamine hits, you know, yeah. totally. and that's where it's like, it's all, it all comes from within. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting how like things have kind of like shifted over the last couple of years. Do you find that like most of your clients are all, if, if I dare say are, are capable and there's just a range of, you know, how, how challenging it is versus how, how easily they adopt you know, new habits and break old ones. Yeah. I don't think anyone's broken. Um, and I think that, and not that I'm saying that's what you were saying. I think that everybody has the potential and the ability to change. Yeah. It's just about how much do you want it and how willing are you to lean into the resistance of the unknown? Because that's essentially what happens. Like why we don't break the habits is because we're so used to what we know. Yeah. Right. What we know, the comfort zone, but like when you lean up against like going outside of the comfort zone, like 
that's an unknown place to be. So which uncomfortability are you welcoming more? The uncomfortability of being in the comfort zone wanting more or the uncomfortability of stepping outside and potentially getting a whole new world of results or possibilities, right? So when you think about the people who you work with, and I know you have like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people who follow you, what's the biggest thing that comes up? Is it overwhelm? Is it wanting to feel validated? Is it, you know, like it all women? trying to control? Like, what is it? Yeah, it's all, it's all women. I, or people who identify as women, right. um, fear of judgment is like a really, really big one, like for so many people and fear of failure. And it's like this cycle of like being so scared to fail and being so scared of being judged that they don't take the first step, but how, like, isn't like the definition of failure, like never having tried. Right. Right. So like, you're not going to achieve it if you don't try anyway. So by definition, like you're not getting there. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So like we think about like these things and it's like, just like simple reframes create that momentum in the direction. So yeah, I would say like fear of failure, fear of judgment, um, not feeling good enough, Mm -hmm. not being liked rejection. Yeah. Yeah. So for somebody out there, like, let's just, cause a lot of the messages that I'm getting in my account right now are like, it's summer and I'm so nervous about going out and like, putting on a bathing suit and like everyone judging me and like, I need to lose 10 pounds because if I don't, everyone's going to judge me. Mm. So for somebody who's like that, like the fear of judgment is really eating away at them. What's like one piece of advice, like one really good takeaway that they could take from you today. I would ask you, well, what's more important for you to feel today instead of the fear of judgment? Like what is that end result that you would like to feel by the end of the day, do you like, what is that fear of judgment? Number one, giving you, it's giving you nothing. So what would be the thing that you want to experience in the summertime? Confidence. Like, like I feel confidence. like that's what most people want, right? Right. So confidence. So what are some of the things that bring you confidence? What are some of the actions you take when you're feeling confident and more likely than not, the person who wants to lose the 10 pounds is going to be like, well, when I go to the gym and when I nourish my body with healthy foods. Okay, great. So let's create a structure around your gym plan and then the healthy diet that you're going to be eating. Let's create that. So then they have like a plan. Mm -hmm. So it's like one of those things that they can literally put it on their paper, write it down and cross off the list. Okay. I I ate my healthy breakfast this morning because by definition, I said, this breakfast is going to make me feel good. I'm going to feel confident after I had, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel healthy. Because all confidence really is, is trusting yourself. And so when you follow through with the things that you tell yourself that you're going to do, Mm -hmm. build self-trust within yourself, you show up and meet yourself. Like, what are you, what you, with what you said you're going to do? That's what builds confidence. I love that. I think that's great. Right. Yeah. Deciding whose opinion you really care about. Right. There actually is a a good book. It's been a few years now, but it's called the subtle art of not giving a fuck. It actually is a pretty, I'm writing that down. And yeah, I think when you read it, you start to realize that for most, like you probably care about far more people's opinions than you, than you should. And, and they're having much more of a uh, impact, impact on, on your decision-making and all that. So that's part of it, right? And well, yeah, it's like letting go. Like, uh, why do I care? It's more, it's like starting to care more about how you, like what Amanda said, like how you want to feel right. versus mm-hmm. what other people think. Other people's perspective. Yeah, and you know what you said too, like um, about the people who are like, the, I guess that end up being like the mind monkeys in your head, like who are going to judge you or what they're going to say. Yeah. Um, it was, I had an interesting conversation with someone and she said, would you switch lives with them in the area of life you're looking for advice in? So for example, like, am I going to take judgment from someone who's judging me about pursuing my career dreams yet? They're claiming bankruptcy in their bank account. Like, you know, it's like the messenger. Who's the person who's giving you the message? Right. Someone you look up to, because if it is, and you would take advice from them, maybe their message holds some weight. And if you wouldn't take advice from them in the area of life that you're working towards, then maybe they're the ones that need to work. Seriously. 
Do you think this fear of judgment has been slowly ticking up, you know, decade by decade? With social media? Oh, with social media, for sure. Yeah, I have like this 14-year-old cousin who literally looks like she's 21, like because of how, like what they, it's wild. Yeah. Do you have any um, international clients or just mostly U.S. or all U.S.? No, I have an international. In fact, like when we run retreats too, I had a girl just from Germany, another one from the UK that came here to like bumblefuck New Jersey. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Difference there? Yeah. A lot very of it different. to me is like, I'm, you know, not to like rag, but obviously this is what we're most familiar with is American society in particular. Europeans seem mm-hmm. to have a easier time with this, but you would know better. I think it's just different. Yeah. Um, I think it's just different based off of like, their family, their family history, because like we all have like different filters and because we were brought up in the U S where it's just like, you know, everything's in your face. It doesn't mean that they didn't experience a different sort of, you know? Yeah. So it's highly cultural then. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember a time in my life when springtime would hit and immediately I would be searching for a new trainer or Googling all of the seven day juice cleanse, 14 day detoxes so that I could get myself in shape for summer. And what I didn't realize at this time was that all of that was a complete waste of my time, of my energy, of my resources. And I look back on that, just wishing for those hours and all of that energy and brain power back. The decisions that I was making for my body were coming from a place of punishment rather than from a place of love. And it wasn't until I started meditating and I started doing the work, the real work on myself that I recognized that I needed to nourish my body with both movement and food and mindset work if I ever wanted my body to love me back in a sustainable way. And that's why the WBK membership that I release meditations where I deeply connect you with yourself and blood sugar balancing recipes to nourish you on a cellular level and low impact movement to support the delicate balance of your hormones really gets you the results that you're looking for where it starts to become a lifestyle. It starts to become who you are. I can tell you firsthand that both myself and my members, my private clients, all of us have seen the most incredible results from the WBK method. It's so different than your typical diet and a restrictive approach that we're taught from diet culture from a very early age. As a 33-year-old mom of two, this is the leanest I've ever been the most energy that I've ever had and the best that I have ever felt in my freaking body. And it can be that way for you too. So right now with the code balancing chaos, all one word, B-A-L-A-N-C-I-N-G-C-H-A-O-S, you can get 10% off your annual membership for the WBK method and get new weekly content, plus a library of hundreds of workouts, recipes, meditations with a seven-day reset and a 30-day challenge all to get you started. So use the code Balancing Chaos again, all one word, to start your seven-day free trial and see when you love your body back, how your body starts to love you. Let's talk a little bit about like the hypnotherapy piece because that part is really interesting to me. Have you like, been hypnotized? Never. Have you? <gasps> yeah, I have. How did it go? Really well. Just I'll slot in my my yeah. story. Yeah. It was only once. Um, incredible anxiety around the SAT. Okay. Like, I, I come from like an academic family. Everyone had higher education. My two parents are doctors. Academics are really important. Getting into mm-hmm. a good school but it like was really important to me. And it was definitely passed down mostly well, for sure. conscious and subconscious, to be honest, but definitely subconscious, you know, and I get nervous yeah. with stuff like that when yeah. the pressure is like Ooh. that high and it, when it relates to those type of things. So yeah, I just couldn't overcome it and like practice really well. Couldn't execute the day of the test and ended up going through hypnosis and, uh, who did that for you? Your mom or your dad? What do you mean? I went to like someone. I know. No, I know they didn't hypnotize you. Oh, it was who my told mom, you to go? Idea. Oh, okay. More on brand. Um, <laughs> it worked. I, I did. I don't remember my level of nervousness, but I remember how 
it was much better scores. So it was much more yeah. uh, in line with what I would practicing uh, against score wise than what, you know, I'd gotten previously. So it's my, uh, my, my perception is, is really good. So tell us about like how you, like, how does it work? And like, are you the one I'm guessing you're hypnotizing people and like, mm-hmm. tell us like some of the results you've seen. Yeah. So I take on clients and we do hypnosis together. Um, and I also train my students to facilitate hypnosis and become certified hypnotherapists to help their clients too. So essentially hypnosis is working with, um, your subconscious mind. So for example, you are like, if you ever see someone, um, like practicing like a, like a football kicker, you know, like they're practicing a million times, but there's no ball but they're imagining it happening and imagining it happening and they go out and then they kick the, I don't, I'm not familiar with football terminology. It's touchdown or the field goal. <laughs> field goal. Touchdown. Field goal. Yeah. But what's happening is imagination is so much more powerful than um, willpower. Yeah. So when we work with subconscious mind, you are creating images so real of what the person wants to be experiencing instead that the mind doesn't know the difference. Okay. So quick, I could do like a literally a quick two second exercise with you guys. So close your eyes. I want you to just close your eyes. Okay. And everyone who's listening, close your eyes. And this is how wild the mind is. The body is seriously like a robot. So if you program it to do something, it will do it. Um, as long as your body, mind, and soul is morally aligned to it. (laughs) Um, so I want you to imagine sitting in your favorite place in your house And you get up from your sofa, you're walking to the kitchen, noticing all the details that make your home yours. And you walk over to the kitchen, flip the light on, open the refrigerator. You hear the sound the refrigerator makes. And inside the fridge is a big bowl of juicy yellow lemons. And you're like, where did those lemons come from? (laughs) You go ahead and you grab one, bring it over to the counter and you slice through it. As you're slicing through it, all of the juice is spraying everywhere and you smell a citrusy scent of a lemon. And you take that lemon wedge, you hold it right up to your face and you take a big bite. Now open your eyes and just notice all the saliva in your mouth right now. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell that like, I felt like that was the direction you were going. And I can like, I'm like, I feel this happening. Like as Mm -hmm. she's like, once you said the lemons, I was like, could you feel that? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's how powerful it is. And when we use it to create end result imagery, so the version of you that you want to become, the person that you want to be, your mind becomes firmly on track to taking you to this outcome. Mm-hmm. And that's why hypnosis is so powerful. Yeah. It's, it's really awesome. Wild. Yeah. So it bridges the gap kind of between like your maybe subconscious aspirations and like reality or perceived future reality. Like I, I can do this. I can be this. All those people out there that are self-sabotaging, like right. even like you, what you said about the SAT, it's like, you could not get over the anxiety, but it's like, yeah. when you have like resistance or like something that's getting in your way from having the outcome you want to get to, like, this is what bridges you see that the gap outcome. is like, what? Cause you're, yeah, it's like, it's like the fast track. It's the shortcut because you know, you can plug in the law of assumption too. And like, you're like, no matter what I know, like, I know, like, I know that this is going to happen. Then if you call, you know, record producer number one and they say no, then you're like, okay, that's fine. Because I know that my record is going to be produced by somebody. So if it's not this person, it's going to be one of the 9,999 other people on this list. So yeah, you just yeah. keep going until you get the results that you want and you don't give up Mm -hmm. so one of the things that we said and we were talking about before too was that you like are very big on like breaking generational patterns and i think that um that's kind of like what i want our like last focus to be on in this episode because i find that so fascinating and i think that like whether it is like body image and like like what you had said about like your mom and then like that bleeding into like your disordered eating is like something that you see all the time or like people who have like alcoholic parents and then that bleeds into them like having issues with drinking like mm-hmm. what what are some of the things like the patterns that you've seen besides or including the ones that I just named and then how does the work that you do go into like breaking those generational patterns yeah so the most common one that I work with are um like money mindset and relationship with money and like the hustle and the hard work and, you know, all of that stuff. And like, I'm not saying you don't have to work hard to make money, but when we have this belief that I need to like burn out 
because that's what you saw your dad do or your mom do, then that's the cycle that you continue on. Like, you know, work your nine to five and, you know, retire and then still not have enough money to make ends meet. And so you have to, you know, do something else or whatever the case may be. So what I see most are the money mindset patterns, because I work with a lot of um, new business owners and people scaling their businesses. So we work a lot around that, but when it comes down to breaking the generational pattern, um, it's more or less like what I said with those simple reframes, like how you want to be instead. And then for lack of better words, acting as if, and when we are modeling that for our children, that's what they learn. Okay. So if we're modeling to them that, you know, um, you know, failure is not an option and, uh, you have to work really hard and don't tell anybody how much money you make because money is a sinful thing to talk about, or, um, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, always save your money. Like whatever those things are that like those messages that you hear, what we say our kids, that it becomes our kids beliefs. Yeah. Right. So the first step there is like creating awareness around your regular sayings, I guess you could say, or like how you, um, talk about certain things. So like, if you're somebody in the mirror and you're like, Oh, so bloated today, like, I'm not feeling good. It's not going to be a good day. And like, you have your kid and they're listening and they're like, Oh shit, if I'm bloated, then I'm not going to have a good day either type a thing. Or if they're like, Oh, I woke up and you know, I have a, a zit and I'm like sitting there and I'm like this in the mirror and I'm like, Oh my God. Like, and I'm just freaking out. Then that's what they're going to learn to do when they, when they have a pimple. But if they see me in the mirror waking up and I'm like, okay, Amanda, like we're going to have the best day ever. This is going to be the best experience of our life. I'm going to walk out. I'm the luckiest person. And I attract abundance from all the different places. My son will hopefully say those things too. Like he, he does what I do. He says what I say. And he like uses fucking contacts <laughs> because I use fucking contacts. Right. But if I were to use like, Oh darn, he would be like, Oh darn instead. Oh, yeah. so it's about really just being the way that would be the most impactful for your higher self or for, for you to be your own best friend and then do it repetitively because then it becomes your new normal. And then your kids see that. And that becomes a part of their normal too. Yeah. It's hundred percent. Yeah. I'm just kind of like letting it soak in. Yeah. Has your son ever watched you like shave in the mirror and then like pretended to do it too? Yeah. Or, of right. But they have no idea why they're doing that. They just see you doing it. So all of their actions and beliefs are not their choice. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're it's modeled from that. us. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Which is, is, is so like, you don't really recognize it until you say something like that, where you're like, oh, like, even like with me working out, like my son came out on his yoga mat today and like, he's not like pretending to go and like deadlift or do like, he's pretending to do yoga because he sees me doing right. yoga. So like, mm -hmm. that's like, it, it all makes so much sense. And so it's, it really is about, I think that it's almost even more, like, yes, we want, like, I know what my, you know, good qualities are because I think we all are very aware of like the things that we're doing. Right. But it's almost like recognizing like, what are the things that like I'm saying like, to myself in the mirror or like doing like that, like I'm not so aware of so that I can stop that. So I don't pass it on to them. Right. So you can track, like, just have it track, like yeah. do the things that like, just write down on an everyday basis, the things that you see yourself doing good, bad or not. Mm -hmm. Right. Because people, some people, like you might be very aware of like all the good things that you're doing, but like us as society, we're programmed to see the things that are like not hit in the mark. Right. right. Like we don't see how far we've come. We see how much further we have left to go. And that's just how we're programmed. And it's just a matter of flipping the script a little bit to be like, Hey, like I have a lot of shit to celebrate today. Like I, you know, I woke up with my alarm clock. I did not press snooze today. Like that's a big fucking win because I showed up for me like, hell yes, we're on the right page. Right. Yeah. That's a win, you know, showing up and doing the things that you say you're going to do, you know, all the things that you you may not even be aware of that you do really well. Like right. just give yourself a little bit of a brag party for that for a minute, because that's also shifting your internal filter 
to yeah. focusing on what's working and it all comes back to like that man the manifestation, manifestation. Thing. yeah i love that yeah i think that's something. we yeah <laughs> We had an argument, this not an argument, spirited debate, if you will. This you could say it. We're, we do, we're normal humans. Interestingly <laughs> enough, I'm actually more on the side of feeding our kids like ultra healthy. Like I actually yeah. want them to really be exposed. I think that's because of my disordered eating. Like I am, I am. And it's because of how you were raised. And it's because of how I was raised. And yeah. interestingly enough, I was raised like how I kind of want them to be, even though I realized that there's a lot of downsides. Like I didn't get any of that stuff. And then mm -hmm. when I got older, I freaked out and like gorged myself basically. Okay. And I, I feel like- So because... she gave him a donut this yeah. morning, not a healthy one. And I was like, well, I don't want to teach him to wake up and not eat like wholesome foods, right? Yeah. And it's just a good demonstration because that's, you know, you grew up in a household where it was around and you just kind of were taught to to practice it or you know practice like but i think that the philosophy was like oh like if you if it's there like you're not gonna want to binge on it whereas like at right. his house growing up it was like it's not there it's not there you're not allowed to have this kind of food like a donut but i would go to like and then you house go. And flip out yeah so and like so it's like us finding a, a balance between that but i think the point that chad was trying to make was like the subconscious mind thing is that like because i was raised that way like that's the way that i like kind of am i think most I can gather women become like their moms and men become like their dad. But there's this period where there's like a rebellious period, whether it's in high school or college, probably like a bit of both. But then after a bit of more maturation happens and you're more like adult. Oh yeah. I do feel like you kind of set in and then you start to see a lot of similarities. Yeah. Good and bad. So, that, so wild. I literally crazy. seem, I'm, I'm like, hello, Jody. Like, that's my mom's name. I'm like, where did you come from? Oh, that's right. You <laughs> raised me. And here I am saying exactly what you would have said. And I'm like, oh, like, why am I doing that? Or I'm like, yes, like big pat on the back. Like, thanks mom for that. Yeah. 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 It's just about recognizing the stuff that you want to keep and the one stuff that you don't necessarily yeah. like, love. And, and I think that as a generation, we just and it's no fault of our parents, but it's just because of this, like this type of conversation happens. Right. Like, we're more consciously, you know, doing the things and like more aware right. of the stuff that we want to bring in and um, like how we want to, and how we want to raise them. So. Right. Like they were always doing their very best. Totally. Right? No but there it's like, no, exactly. No knocks. Like everyone, everyone out there, you're all doing your very best. But when you create awareness, exactly. that's when you can start to shift the relationships with words and money and people and food and working out or whatever it is, yeah. right? Because you're creating awareness around how you want it to be instead. Right. So first. This is what I talked about back then either. Now it's talked about. Now right. That's what I mean. Like what the awareness is. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. It's all awareness. You cannot change something you don't know is there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's so inspiring time in this era from that vantage point, although of course, you know, less inspiring when you think about social media and all the other distractions and right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's age of information, but like age of distraction at the same time. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so speaking of social media, you have built this like amazing YouTube following and then this amazing podcast. And like, I think that like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like what you're really good at is this like long, longer form content. Do you, is there a reason as to like why you feel like that space kind of like speaks to you versus like, you know, things like, I mean, I'm, you know, you, you have like all the accounts, but like more so than things like TikTok and. I don't know. Um, I don't like, I don't, uh, TikTok just frustrates me. I don't understand the whole TikTok thing, but my social yeah. media person is like, just like posting on there anyway. And I'm like, whatever, <laughs> but I am the type of person you put me in a forest. I could talk to a tree for like hours. <laughs> so I feel like YouTube and podcasting works really, really well because I always have a lot to say about a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I just like, I naturally just like it works. So I love that. I yeah. Love that. Yeah. So to wrap up for any of our listeners talk, one of the things that we like to ask, like all of the people we interview is just like, what are like a few things, like whether it's the morning or the evening? Um, because I think that like in this, like where we're at now, it's just like every, like one of the things that you said, like everyone is kind of like overwhelmed and self-care kind of has become this thing where um, people think it's like a face mask. And the reality is, is that like, no, it's like 
it's actually like saying no to stuff or like it's a way of life like putting yeah. your phone away or whatever so like talk to us about like some of the things that you do like rituals habits that you have daily um in terms of how you take care of yourself what are the must-haves yeah the must-haves so I carry this like little journal around with me. I, every single morning I make my list of like daily non-negotiables, whether it's like feeding the cats, like something as simple as that. If I think I'm going to forget to do it or like doing the laundry or like the needle moving things like in my business, like, you know, sending out the funnel video or posting the Instagram live or whatever those things are. And I like to make a list of like five to 10 of them that are manageable to do in a day. Like, I don't want to set myself up for failure before it even starts by creating 10 pages of to-do items, because if I do that, I know I'm not getting all of those things done. So five, seven things of like non-negotiables for the day, go to the post office, go to the grocery store, you know, um, things like that. And I also do something called scripting, which is my manifestation practice. So like every morning I'll write out, um, like what happens at the end of the month for me. So like here is like my scripting. And it doesn't have to be long and like 10 pages long, but I'll write like, it is May 31st and I feel like a badass. And then I'll explain why I feel those ways and like what shifted that month for me. Um, My new era this month was shifting focus from business on instead of in business, focusing it on building more connection around my mind and my husband's relationship, because it felt like for a couple of months, like we were just in passing. So it was like being really intentional with that. So my scripting has been around our relationship and like our intimacy, like conversation wise and like other things too. And when you focus on the things that you want, yes, they start happening, right? Yeah. Like you start becoming that and you start to direct the sales into that direction. And because I've shifted my focus to like more of my personal relationships and connection with friends and like reconnecting with old people and all the things I notice that like, I'm just more present, mm-hmm. you know? So it doesn't always have to be like the number or the weight loss or the number in business or the, like those big masculine goals. What it could just be is like the feminine and like really finding the flow. So for me, this month was like, I was, I've been journaling all about that. And that's it. Those are the two like non-negotiables. I do some tapping. I snuggle my babies. I make sure I like laugh really hard every day. Um, but making the list and writing out what the end of the month looks like for me. Awesome. That's super helpful. I think that those are really good takeaways for our listeners. Amanda, thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a pleasure getting to talk to you. There's so much gold in this episode that people can take away and like actually, you know, I think that people think of manifestation as this thing. It's like, oh, I just, I'm going to will it to come. But it's like, no, you're teaching people that it's like actually about the action steps and like how you can, can figure that out and, and really get to where you want to go. So for anyone who wants to hear more from you and like follow you, if they don't already, where can they find you? You can find me at Inner Beauty Bible, B-Y-B-E-L on Instagram or innerbeautybible.com, Inner Beauty Bible on all the socials, YouTube, um, the related podcast, going through a rebrand soon. So it might not be the related podcast anymore. When you go find it, I can send you <laughs> <a little> okay. <laughs> but my podcast, yeah. Amazing. Come and say hi. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. We really hope that you enjoyed that episode. You can follow me on Instagram at Wellness by Kelly. And if you're new around here, you can sign up for the WBK seven day free trial where you can get access to all of my low impact workouts, blood sugar balancing, plant-based recipes, and guided meditations all available on wellnessbykelly.com and on the WBK app. Hey, thanks for listening. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also connect with us on social media at Wellness by Kelly. Drop us a DM for who you want to hear from. 